It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Anne-Marie Lockhart, and you're listening to Vox Poetica's 15 Minutes of Poetry. And before we get started, I just have one big announcement to make, and that is that um, for all you Apple people out there, um, Nate Spears' Inspiration to Smile is now available on iBooks. So this is a big deal. I'm going to be putting a lot of word out there about it. Um, this is through Smashwords, distributor of uh, eBooks, and I have to tell you, I... Um, I opened it up in my on my iPhone today, and it looks awesome. So I highly recommend anyone who's um, got your iPad or your iPhone, whatever it is you like to read on, uh, check it out. You just go into the store and you search Nate Spears, and it comes up right away, and it looks fantastic. So I'm totally pleased with it, and I'm really excited to promote it, and I hope everybody enjoys it. All the rest of the books will be coming out one after another on in that format. So look for more um, exciting announcements of this new partnership with Smashwords for ebook distribution. Um, now, speaking of books, I have with me today another author who's working on not her first but her second book. So uh, say hello to Julie Ellinger-Hunt. Hi, Julie. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Hanging in there. It's Thursday, Julie, and we are working on your book. What could be yeah. better? <laughs> this is true. This is true. And spring is coming. Finally. Oh, God, it seems so close, doesn't it? Almost there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know when everything turns to slush, it's coming. It's tr- and the next thing is going to be crocuses coming up through the slush, so that's kind of awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward yeah, to that. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm. <laughs> um, you have a few things to read for us. Let's open with... Um, I think we talked about uh, which one did we talk about? You reading first? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I want to no, your road. I want you to read your road first. That's the one because this is going to be appearing at Vox Poetica next Thursday night, so everyone can look for this there and see it in print. But I would like them to hear you read it first. Okay, that's great. It's called Your Road. I'm like the only car on this road. It's dark, ridden with shards of glass, the skeletons of my past the ashes of potential days I could have spent with you. My sick bag of bones I carry lay in the trunk, and with each bump they shift and I become someone new. This time the dark road is you, your body, the depths of you, and I choose to drive onward because I can finally let my guard down, breathe normally, take off the costume I was made to wear, and just drive. I fell in love with that road, not because it was safe or easy, but because I belong there. I finally belong someplace where I can move forward and understand how I work and finally be happy. As I drove, there were warnings, flashes, telling me I needed to be cautious, and I didn't see them. I just drove, tunnel-visioned. I drove on, determined it was my place to navigate until you put up that final roadblock and let me go. 
Now I can't even figure out how to make the engine turn, and I'm stuck, stuck here in this dirt pit. Now, that is going to be um, at Vox next week, and it's one of one of the first poems of yours that I had read. It was in that first group of your work that I had a chance to read, and I loved it right away. Thank you. Um, when did you write that? How, long, how old is this piece in the collection it's, of your work? Um, I'd say it's about a year old, give or take. Mm-hmm. And was this one that you just kind of wrote? Did you just leave it from that point on? Have you revisited it and edited it down, changed it in any um, way over I, that time? I did change the end, of, uh, maybe a few words I played with here and there, but um, you, you've you had the final product for a while. Yeah. And yeah. looking back at it, I, I don't want to change anything. There's sometimes, you know, you look back and you're like, oh, this word would work, and I'm just going to leave it. It's okay. <laughs> It, how hard is it to do that when you're working on something? Is your temptation always to, to go back and meddle with it or to just leave it as is? What's your instinct? Um, you know, it, it varies. I would say, you know, a big part of me wants to meddle with it because my background is, like you, I'm an editor, and, you know, I started off as a proofreader <laughs> after college. So, you know, things that I don't see initially I'll see later and they'll drive me absolutely yeah. crazy. Um, and I want to change them. And sometimes I do. And then I look back and I'm like, why did I change that? Usually, you know, I go with my, <laughs> my gut. And unless it's like a, a syntax thing or something with like the rhythm is off, I, I usually leave it. I usually leave it unless someone, an outsider, says to me, that doesn't work. And then I'll revisit it again. Now, when you're reading something, maybe... You know, not not when you're first, when you not when it's occurring to you, but after the first time you read it through, when you feel it's complete. Um, what are the things that stick out at you? Like, you know, um, is it is it grammar? Is it like tense? Is it usage? Is it just that's not the right word? Precise meaning? You know, what are the things that you that sometimes kind of get under your skin about your own work when you're reading it the first time through? Well, how long do you have on this radio show? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I look for specific things when I'm reading my own poetry, and it's different than when I'm reading someone else's. When I'm reading someone yeah. else's, you know, I really look for something that flows, something you know I can I, I can relate to, something you know something accessible. With my work, yeah. I, I like I like a kind of a variation. I don't like to write the same type of style. So I, I look for that. If I'm writing, you know, a couple of pieces in a row and it's kind of like the same, uh, kind of like monotony, then I then I want to change yeah. that. That's what bothers me. And if, if it's not, you know, I was schooled enough to know that imagery needs to be there. Um, you know, certain things, if they're not there, it just doesn't work, at least in my pieces. So yeah. that's that's really what I focus on. And now, you know, I mean, as I as we're working on this book, you know, and actually, you know what, the first poem that I ever read of yours was the um was that collaboration piece we did for Lisa Marie Basile with um a bunch of other talented people. And I oh, can't yeah. name them all because I'll forget one and that will be horrible. So <laughs> she did this collaboration, we both participated. It was the first time I had ever read your work. And so everything that I read after that too, what struck me about it is um I don't find your work to be um, a long string of the same thing at all. I find it to be very different. You know, each piece is very different from the next. But what what does kind of link it all together is you have a very clear voice in all of your pieces, which is hugely important to me. That's what I look for most. You know, 
Um, and that's hard to do. How to you know write two very totally different types of poems, um, and yet have them sound like they're they are a creation of the same person, even though they're not in any way the same material. It yeah. had, do you consciously do that? Are you aware that you do that? Is that something that um, would ring false to you in I any way? I um, say I'm conscious of it now. Initially, you know, back in college, I took, you know, a lot of, I was lucky to be accepted into a lot of advanced poetry workshops under, you know, great, great professors. And I wrote what they told me to write. So um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't even know what my style was until I came into my own and I, I realized it was, you know, I had this side of me that was very gritty, very raw, very, you know, in your mm-hmm. face at times. And then there's this other side of me that's a little bit more sensitive, that's a little bit more personal. And, um, you know, I think everybody has those sides, and I don't think it's a, it's a bad thing to represent that in your work. In, in any, if you're an artist, I think you should be representing all of you, not just part of you. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. what I try to do with my stuff. I think it makes you identifiably New Jersey too. Thank <laughs> just, you. That's I'm, kind just, of I'm like, how we, are. <laughs> we have so we have so many personalities here in Jersey. <laughs> we do, but they meld together so nicely sometimes. The um. That actually brings me to the next poem that I want you to read, which is my absolute favorite of yours. Thank and you. it's it's called The House, and I did um it, I did take a quote from that and put it on Facebook uh, recently because I thought it was so fantastic. So I would love for you to read that. Okay, sure. The House. Past midnight, the house stills and wanes, purged of the day's mess and loud voices. Windy shakes creak floorboards and joyce in mass hysteria, unavoidable settle songs. Pursed lips put forth breath sweet and tame, in sequence stretches similar to a song sung several years ago. Chest rises complete, then falls flat. Room warm from body heat and down pillows, wedged wall side, wrangled tensely in arm, a favorite toy he bathed with that evening. As usual in perch, then not. Cat roams stealthily through shadowed corners, curtained windows, looking to pounce on stray bugs or dust balls disguised as bugs. The wind howls through her as she marvels at the house she doesn't have to share tonight. The moon casts enough light on pleasant dreaming faces Whisper words in mind to dance in colorful, waved images often forgotten before sleep ends. The house, too, forgets and holds its walls, a dutiful gesture to the thawing, almost morning ground. I think this poem would resonate with anyone who um, experiences any type of insomnia (laughs) or who's (laughs) up in the quiet house all night like me. Um, and it's it's so it's there's it it speaks to an experience of being up in the middle of the night by yourself that is um, you know awesome <laughs> right the appreciation you have so you perfect. can appreciate yes <laughs> um, <laughs> now both of the poems you read already are in the book now so tell us a little bit about how you picked the poems that are going to appear in this book. Um, what kind of, what's that process like? Well, um, a lot of it was actually, um, 
you know, I, I have my first book, and everything I started writing after that, once it was published, I kind of stuck in a folder on my computer um, and then went back to. And from there, mm-hmm. you know, I wrote new pieces knowing a book was taking shape. There was there was something there I wanted. You know, my first book was great, but it just, it's almost like like a dry run, like a dress rehearsal. Uh, so much. Yeah, I learned so yeah. much after that first book that I knew I wanted a second book. So I, you know, looking at my my new stuff, I I just saw that I was evolving as a writer. So I tried to yeah. pick pieces that represented that. And now, did you have like a first draft that you know was like a like a beginning list, and then you just moved stuff in and out on and off that list to see how it felt? Yeah, like I mean, finally yeah, settled, yeah, you know? things. You know, I have poems that were that were picked up and published in you know journals and and online, and I was like, I sh- I, I need to include them because, you know, mm-hmm. this is great. But that that's not necessarily so. I don't necessarily have to do that. Um, and then there were pieces that I had r- written later. Some pieces I didn't even want to share because they were so personal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of tweaking goes into putting a book together. And plus, you know, it it's got a kind of flow. Um, mm-hmm, it, it, can't mm-hmm, yeah. be, it can't be too uniform. I don't. I, I prefer no. poetry books that are really just lots of different pieces, but there has to be some sort of flow. So that that's a big part of it. How do you decide? Because you were, you know, um, your stuff is it is very personal, and you you speak to things that are um, intimate, but they're not. Ne- I think for people who are reading it, they don't necessarily have to know all about those elements of your life to relate to that. I think they're extrapolable right. to a lot of different people's experience in a lot of different ways. You know, and how you wrote about something very personal might be read differently by someone in a different experience. How do you That's decide? That's what I aim for. <laughs> now, how do I decide yeah. which ones to put in? Yes, or even just to share at all. Which one, like how do you decide this is something, it's, it's, it's too personal, I can't, I can't share this one, or this is whole, totally personal, but I'm totally comfortable with, with people reading it. Like where is that line um, for you? I, I, the line for me is making anyone else, including you know, myself, feel uncomfortable with a piece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I feel like yeah. I've written something that's going to offend somebody in my family, a friend, my husband, anything, yeah. that's where the line is drawn. I think people often don't realize um, it, it's kind of best not to, you know, put too much stuff out there um, on Facebook, yeah. on your website, in emails. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, there's, some, there's, there's amount of respect that you have to give to other people. Like other people are going to be reading it. Um, it's not just right. for me. It's not my journal. It's a book. Right. So that's that's where I go. I, you know, I, I also like to write things, you know, if it's, a per, if it's a, from a personal account or an experience of my own, if it's something that's not relatable, if it's something that, that someone else can't access, then they're not going to want to read about it. I, I, mm-hmm. I find, you know, a lot of people write narratives about things that people don't necessarily experience, and they might enjoy that. I just don't. That's not my style. I like to use abstract imagery so people can say, oh, well, this might have been about this in her life, and this fits into my, you know, experience. Right. I, that, that just works for me as a writer. Do you um, ever run a piece past somebody that you either had in mind for it or um, someone who you feel might be a good judge to see if that if it's something they would find um, upsetting if, if it were released outward? Or, you know, do you always make that decision on your own? I make that decision on my own. I'm, I'm pretty um, – I 
I wouldn't say, I mean, no, no one can say they're the nicest person, but I, I kind of pride myself in being respectful of other people. So, I, I mean, I yeah. know what's, what's to vent and what's to get out on the paper um, for yeah. me. And what is just not, and what's not to be shared, and what is to be shared? Yeah, I can I can kind of figure that out on my own, <laughs> luckily. <laughs> it's good to have an internal gauge. <laughs> yes, I have I have that self control. I'm I'm lucky, and but that takes years of learning <laughs> to keep you know to keep one's mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, oh, it's you, not easy. It's control. <laughs> it's about it's control yeah. in, in conversation. It's control in one's writing. It's it's and it's common sense, and and people sometimes do things before they think, and you learn you can't live that way. Um, and it's hard, you know. It's it's sometimes someone told me once you have to once you tell somebody something, you have to understand that you've just made them responsible for that information. You should think about exactly. that before you tell them. And, 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 and if you told somebody you don't know that well, you might have just told the whole world. <laughs> you're, you're not kidding, right? That how yeah. I think that's happened to all of us here. <laughs> um, <laughs> the other, uh, you have a third poem, and it's a new one. And we yeah, are actually, um, we're going to actually be including it in the book. It isn't in there yet. As we go through the final, um, you know, layout decisions on it, we are. I going. I think this one is going to end up in there. So. Um, I would like for you to read that one now. Sure. It's called Paint Center, and that's a tentative title. Mm-hmm. Beside an empty box in shabby arms and wooden skin, a half a heartbeat, or is it a fist clenching tighter? The mist rolls into the living room, so our faces are blurred, like trains passing each other at top speeds. Seeing things after inhaling paint thinner, dried paint on walls drip down while I melt inside you as you form a barrier in me. Stunned from headlights, stung by hornets, while listening to Joan Jett and scribbling in pink notebooks. Aphrodite is my mother's closet. Aphrodite is in my swollen womb. Half a heart of fist is clenched, then left open. Beside an empty box, I put away for now. And it's another, you know, imagery rich uh poem and it's got a very nice lyrical flow to it and I think it's um I think it's a really good piece. Thank you. How long did it take you to write that? You really want to know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> five mi- five minutes. <laughs> I love that. You know, I, went, I love I that. I went back to it. I mean, I did go back to it and add little things here and there, but usually my pieces that are like this, I have an idea and it just comes out quickly, um, and then I tweak it later. The, you know, there is no right or wrong for these things, and and sometimes like one person works all that way, it's all five minute pieces, it's the way it goes, and someone else, it's, it's all two hours. Somebody else, it's all two weeks. You know, some people mix it up with within themselves that way. I think it, you know each piece is so different. However, it gets out there. Who cares? It's awesome to know how that happens. Exactly. But. Exactly. Everyone has a process, and each piece has its own process. Its own life course. Isn't that great? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and some we're totally and out some, of time. Totally out of time, and we have you know tens. Of, thousands more things to talk about because that's the way it goes. So we're going to have to have you on again, and that will okay. be awesome just like this time and the last time. Okay, um, thank you. 
I want everyone to keep an eye out for In New Jersey, which will be Julie's second poetry collection, and it will be coming out. We're going to try desperately to get at the end of this month. You know, it's we're we're um we're working toward that goal. Uh, I think it can be done. So we're going to make that happen. In the meantime, Julie, I hope that you're finding time to write, you know, additional new stuff like that last piece you just read, and um, yes. looking forward to reading more of it. Thank you very much for having me, Anne-Marie. Um, you're going to get to see that first piece that Julie read, Your Road, up at Vox Poetica next Thursday. And um, keep an eye out, like I said, for the good news of her book release. Have a great week, everyone. Uh, hopefully next week will be spring. <laughs> you know, the groundhog said it. It has to happen, right? <laughs> um, thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.